Hello, welcome. This is the Just Bloody Post-It podcast. I'm Helen Perry and it's my job to show small business owners and big dreamers how to just bloody post your stuff more on social. I bonded with our guest, Elizabeth Stiles, on Instagram because we do the same thing but different. Elizabeth's a fashion brand consultant, so she helps small fashion brands get their products out there and make more money doing it, which is nothing like what I do, but we both drive our teaching businesses through Instagram. Elizabeth sells courses and coaching programs, as do I. We work from home we sell on the internet. All the time when you're showing up, you're increasing those levels of certainty and confidence within your audience that you're the leader, you're the driver. Most people want to be led. And so if you are a service business, you know, people want to come with you and trust that you'll lead them in the right direction. And wow, Elizabeth leads and she sells and watching her go all in on her product launches has taught me a lot about taking up space on Instagram and not being afraid to do so. That's not to say that she feels like she's got social sharing completely sewn up. We chat about taking your Instagram to the salon every now and again for some attention, all the unsexy ingredients of successful marketing and how to make money teaching what you know. I sound a little bit bunged up during this episode because we recorded it when I had COVID. I don't think you're really going to notice or care. So I began by asking Elizabeth why she describes herself in her Insta bio as the friendly face in fashion. I used to have this tiny little notebook I bought from Muji and that was literally the first thing that I wrote down in the book I was like that is so cringe and so cheesy I can't like use that and so it took me about two years to actually add it onto my Insta bio and I was like I'm just going to go for it because it really does sum it up what like I'm trying to do. Talk me through your background and how you got to where you are now. What's your what's your fashion background? What are your fashion My fashion shops? background? I studied textiles at GCSE and A level. It was like my favourite subject because I went to quite a posh girls' school, um, so I wasn't that academic. But I was always like really happy when I was in the sewing room. And had a lovely teacher called Mrs. Davis. She was really encouraging to like go to, go to university and do fashion, but I, I can't draw necessarily. Um, so I was always like, well, I'm not going to be a fashion designer. I know that, but I don't know what else I could do necessarily. So then I did lots of research, came across uh, fashion retail buying. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is it. Because you work with a designer, you also work with a merchandiser who works with all the numbers, you work, build like relationships with factories and suppliers, you do trend forecasting, you do range building, you go shopping around the world, you know, it all just sounded so perfect. And then I went into school the next day and said like, oh, I found it after like eight years of feeling like I hadn't really fit in in this school I was like oh my god I feel like I found my place and then the head teacher said oh I don't know about that um you only need two grade C's to get into that university so just have a think about the kind of people you might be mixing with if you only need two grade C's to get in Ooh la la I know <laughs> <laughs> 
and I, my jaw dropped and I just remember thinking what what are you talking about and I went home told my mum my mum told me to ignore her luckily and just go for it so I was very lucky that I had that support because I know not everybody has that at home so then I went to university had a great time met some lovely people <laughs> I actually won my job at Next from doing a competition at university and then I stayed there for about five years went to Miss Selfridge after that then went to Georgia Asda did boys wear there loved it and then kind of got poached by one of my suppliers to um, be a design manager so I was like the intermediary person between brands and factories and I was like oh amazing like this would be really interesting to see how a brand starts And then I was like, wow, there is so much to think about. I wonder how many other people are trying to start a brand that are finding it difficult. What about if I could help them? Because I know all about how to find a factory and working with costings and margins and range building and fabric identification and all, you know, all of the different stuff. What was the moment where you thought, "Mm, perhaps I could do this for myself and help other people rather than keep working in-house? The part of the story I always kind of miss out is that whilst I was doing this, I had a stationery brand on the side called Hello Stationery. And it was like my like creative little side hustle. Never really made a huge amount of money, but it never lost any money either. It always did all right. And um, I was like, I know this isn't going to be able to like make enough money for me to leave my job. And I don't think I want it to be either. And I could just see lots of people online as service-based businesses. And I was just like, what could I help people with? You know, I just don't understand what I could help people with. And then I went to yoga one night. This gets a little bit woo-woo. But at the end, I just lay there and I was like, what could it be? What could it be? What could it be? And it just came to me. And I was like, you could do your job. Like, you could teach people all these like years and years and years of experience you've had in the fashion industry. You can teach people that. And I just had this like awakening, I guess. I realized I had all this knowledge. But because, you know, it was my favorite topic at school, it was, I went to university, I went into the industry. All my friends know everything that I know. And so I didn't realize that it was a skill because. We oh my goodness. The things that we most overlook are actually the things that are most useful to other people. We forget how much we've learned and going right back to the beginning and you can say something to someone and they're like, what? I know. And those are the things that are really actually most valuable to the people who are prepared to buy them. So describe yeah. your product. I do one-to-one coaching with established brands. Um, so maybe they've been going a couple of years. The sales seem quite seamless. It's not like a huge problem there. It's more just around like the mindset and the scaling and the delegation and the relinquishing of control. That sort of stuff is what I work one-to-one with on um, with people. And then I have um, a sort of brands that I work with, like Lucy and Yak as well, um, So who are mega established now. Then there's like this huge pool of people who are wanting to start or have started. They're in the early stages. They feel like they're winging it. They're not sure if they've got the right level of experience. They're second guessing everything that they're doing. And that's where I work with people in courses and group coaching to be like, come on, let's get together because everybody at that stage, all their questions are the same. And so they learn from each other when you put them in a group setting, which I really enjoy. Instagram is obviously the fashion 
platform. It's where you do most of your business. It's where most of your clients will probably be looking to market their product. What's been your journey on the app? You have 16,000 followers now, but I think most of those or a good proportion of them have been gained in the past year, 18 months. Is yes. Right? What's yeah. your Instagram story? So my Instagram story is that I started off selling the stationery. So I had, I think it took me a couple of years to get a thousand followers or something and um it took me five years to get five thousand followers and then about a year year and a half later I had sixteen thousand. What do you see the change where the big amount of growth came was it about you getting Instagram or was it about you really understanding what you're all about and what your product's all about? I think it was when uh, I think also lockdown maybe had something Mm, to do with it lots of people spending more time online that was when of because it was March 2020 that I celebrated getting 5,000 followers. And so then afterwards, it just sort of like took off. But also, I realized that I probably wasn't being entirely myself on my page up until that point. And I feel like if I'm being really honest, that I may have fallen back into it a little bit of not being my most open, true self. But people like oversharing and I sometimes have a little bit of a problem with it because I'm quite private and so I sort of try and hover between the two and wanting to really enjoy it but then if you don't get good engagement it really really like takes a drain on you because you think oh what's the point in spending an hour making this video when like nobody I say in inverted commas is going to see it um but then I went to bed even last night thinking, what do I really enjoy viewing with other people? Is my page reflective of that? Like, yes or no? Because I can be quite like matter of fact, being like, my my group coaching has launched. This is going on. You know, come and join me for this live. And it's like... If you share something like that, you're not actually leaving anybody a lot of room to engage back with it, actually. Oh, because it's like, all right, okay, I've got the information. Thank you so much. I I may well come along to that live. Yeah. There's nothing nothing much else to say. But I mean, it's a brave question to ask yourself from time to time. Like, would Mm. I follow this? Do I think it's any good? I mean, I think your page is awesome. Thank you. <laughs> I like you. You really have. You really embraced reels. It's really fun. It's really full on. Um, I mean, is it where most of your community and customers come from? Yes, definitely. Like rightly or wrongly, I don't know, but I am starting to think about where else I can put myself. You know, I've thought about TikTok, and I've put a few things on there, but I know it's very much about the same as anything. It's about consistency. And I think in 2022, I just want to really like nail why I'm showing up, what people follow me for, what people expect from my page. Um, I think even maybe over Christmas, if you're listening to it around this time, it's like a really good time to think about that. Um, and just, yeah, relook at your page and think, is this reflective of what I like to follow? Because you can very easily, especially when you go for a selling period, which I imagine a lot of product people are going through at the moment, you just sort of like get into the hustle of it and, you know, we're posting, posting, posting. But we know that when all we're doing is selling, like you say, it doesn't leave a huge amount for people to engage with. Then your engagement can drop off and then it takes a toll on your motivation and then you drop off and it goes round in a bit of a cycle. So that can be a good starting point just to go right and take a step back 
what do I like watching? How can I create that? I really think it's um I really think it's possible though to like ride out those waves. Like Definitely. these are these are the moments when you can be like, Oh, well, I just like I'm no good at Instagram anymore or <laughs> Yeah, I've lost my I've, groove. <laughs> I've lost my groove with it, so meh. But actually it's like, okay, so for whatever reason, because your attention's been pulled elsewhere, because yeah. you're not feeling great, because there are other things going on in your life, it might be that yeah, actually your Instagram's not at its most like ultimate brilliant best yeah but that that doesn't mean that you can't refocus your marketing definitely be feel more proud of it feel like feel like it speaks for you better feel like it speaks to your people better and I think yeah. being your own small business owner is all about this stuff isn't it it's all about the the riding those different learning curves and the stuff at the moment that's like oh you've got to do this you got I mean that will also change like you might see people who are doing like these awesome reels and you're like wow I can't really do that but do you know what in a year 18 months there will be something else that somebody else is good at and you really like you really have to kind of like come from that place of what you want to do where you feel comfortable I I know that so how am I going to use the app like what do you find works for you on Instagram yeah well this is what I went to bed thinking about last night (laughs) I know that people come to my page as like a really positive place and um almost like a, a leader maybe in the fashion industry uh anytime I share anything about like news and articles that's happening in the industry whenever I have an opinion on something that's happening in the industry um dancing with my cat or my dog thing is always that always does really well just joyful joy-led content I guess tends to do quite well for me anything that is like mega relatable and feels a bit like a punch in the stomach to some people or like a bit of a wake-up call you know talking about how to speak on camera all that sort of stuff and any any funny memes like memes if all else fails on my page I'll post a meme and it will do meme well. life yeah meme <laughs> life. So many, I follow so I don't really post memes but I follow so many meme accounts and they really do they do bring joy they do yeah I know so I think that's what I'm gonna sort of get back to I've just it's just been such a busy year that you lose sight of you can't do everything all you can't all at once just you can't do everything no can't do everything it reminds me of like um I did a reel about this actually once you know if you go to the hairdresser and they say oh you've got really bad split ends you need to be conditioning once a week and so you go home with all your products that you've bought and you really focus on your hair but then you don't like floss your teeth every single day because but then you go to the dentist and they're like you really should be flossing you're like okay right yeah I'm gonna get on on the teeth and then you go and see like a manicurist and they say you really need to be trimming your you know massaging your cuticles or whatever and they're like okay I'm really going to do that and but you can't do all of it all at the same time because you'd probably like die of exhaustion <laughs> but most of the time you look presentable and you look fine and but it's just you'll tend to focus on one thing at a time and that's the way I see my business basically <laughs> yeah and it's good enough most most of the time yes. it's good enough and that's yeah. enough and sometimes you need to go to the instagram salon and think right and, really- <laughs> <laughs> and get it up to speed now do you know what i actually think that's a business idea right there yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
launch talk I want to talk about launch and I think that's probably a bit of a jargony phrase actually what Mm -hmm. I mean by people talk about I'm in my launch I'm in launch mode I'm going to do a launch and what they're actually talking about is they are in a concentrated period of selling something that has an end date has a start date and an end date Mm -hmm. so for you and I that will be around courses like a course launches we put it on sale and then we've got two or three weeks to convince some people to join us on that course and then the launch is over and um you really came to my attention Elizabeth we were connected anyway but it was when you shared a reel that told everybody how many Instagram posts you (laughs) had shared in a launch across the the whole platform can you remember that reel and can you tell us the kind of the numbers we're talking about in terms of posts yes story posts I can remember it and I'm gonna make up the numbers but they are like a a roundabout this and it was something like 300 stories 24 grid posts six reels a linkedin post five emails um and something else can't remember what the other thing oh when i was doing lives with people i think i did like five lives um split with other people and people always, re- I've, I've been driving in my car before listening to a podcast where people, someone said it on the podcast. Well, they <laughs> mentioned it, that reel. Yeah, saying, oh, Elizabeth made this reel. I was like, oh my God, that's me. <laughs> but it was, I think it was like, it was obviously like a universal wake up call and call to arms. Thank you for that from all the people that saw your reel. But have you always felt really comfortable with selling and taking up that much space? Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. I once tried to, um, host a vision board workshop years ago. It was probably about five years ago now, which was almost like pre, uh, spiritual awakening during lockdown. You know, like, I feel like if I hosted one now, it would be easy to sell because everyone knows what they are. They know what the purpose of it is. Whereas back then, I had made one and seen the power of it. Like everything on this board had come true over the space of a year. And I was like, wow, like everyone needs to know about this. And I just could not sell these tickets. Honestly, I couldn't give them away. I was like, you know, if you buy one, you can bring a friend for free. And But then I, I there's no way I was speaking about it enough. I wasn't talking about the benefits of it. I wasn't talking about um, the logistics and how who it was for and how you can join and what you'll take away and all of this stuff, there was like nowhere near enough information. And um, I think after that, I got this job working, it was called design manager, you know, working with the factories and the brands, but really it was a sales manager. And it probably took me about a year of being self-employed to realise how many skills I had gathered from that job to apply to this job about like sheer persistence 90% of the job is just getting people to like you and then to trust you um obviously know who you are but like if they know you then then need to like you then need to trust you it's all stuff that you know but you're like no I do have these skills in me it's all the stuff that I learned so in Instagram or digital marketing terms cold hard truth how much do we need to show up in order for people to hear our message learn to like us it's a lot more yeah. than one Instagram post a week. It's not sexy stuff. It's very um, obvious in a way in that is down to the consistency thing. I'm sorry. I know it's boring. I know you've heard it before, but it's true because if you're, if you've got like three posts and then there isn't anything for two days or like say two weeks um, and then you post again and then there isn't anything and your grid's dead and there's nothing on your stories. There's no ring around it. 
what I would think is that brand is dead. What if I pay that money for that product and she just doesn't post it because she's not even seen it because she's not even there? Or, you know, it's a service business and, you know, you've not turned up on your stories. Are you going to turn up for me? What if I pay you this money and you don't show up to our sessions? Like, this is the way people's brains work. And so you've got to be... They're not even, we're not even thinking it consciously, are we? No, it's a yeah, it's thing. like a, a doubt. And I just read this book actually about sales and it was all about like increasing the levels of certainty within people and the confidence they have within you. And so all the time when you're showing up, you're increasing those levels of certainty and confidence within your audience that you're the leader, you're the driver. And it's like most people want to be led. And so if you are a service business, you know, people want to come with you and trust that they'll uh, you'll lead them in the right direction, I guess. Uh, Whereas if you're sort of like flailing about a little bit, that's that's what they're like and so they don't want to be with someone else who's flailing about of course we're allowed like meltdowns and stuff we're not robots but I mean just about the showing up for you I'm here for you that is essentially what a service business is for and then a product business is the same it's like you know if you only open your shop once a month that's fine because you might be hand making everything but you've still got to be communicating that properly um in between those launches um, and telling people, you know, your call to action is maybe sign up to my wait list to make sure your name is on the list so you know about when it opens again. Don't just think I only open once a month, so I only need to show up once a month. It's like you're basically gathering leads throughout the month. I think it's really important to always look at your own behaviour, like how you interact with brands, like you were yeah. talking about how you interact with people on Instagram. And it just is the case that if the volume goes down too low Mm -hmm. I forget I forget about your thing I forget about I I just forget it's not it's not that I'm even thinking I don't trust you or where are they I'm not I'm not thinking anything anything yeah I'm not thinking anything about your product so uh, unless the volume stays at a certain level when it comes to the time where I want to buy a soap or a course or a jumper I will go to somebody else who's got the volume turned up louder yeah because they will just be the person that I remember oh they do that thing because you don't know when people are ready to buy and so because you don't know that if if everyone knew when everyone was ready to buy we'd be like oh we'll just show up on those days but you never know it could be today it could be in six months time but if it's going to take them six months to go from you know knowing who you are to actually pressing the buy button you need to be reminding people that you exist throughout that six months to gain their trust in order to buy um it's not like you show up once and then six months later they buy it like you say they need those constant reminders because life is so busy it's so loud it's so hard to to keep turning out the content and how do you how do you incorporate that into your working day your working life the kind of the showing up on on your digital platforms yeah so stories that I heard before that it's like your own reality tv show (laughs) um or it's like just a running commentary of what it is that you're doing that's all people really want people are very nosy don't underestimate how powerful it is that people are very nosy thinking what is it that I'm prepared to share what is it that I'm not and just go all in with the things that you are prepared to share 
with the grid, I try and do the mix. You know, again, nothing new here is the like, the mix of the educational stuff, the inspirational stuff, the entertaining stuff, the informative stuff, trying to find a good balance between those. I think I went probably too far down like a entertaining route. And then I was like, no, I actually am like serious about helping you. I might not take myself seriously all the time, but I take you seriously all the time. Um, and so then it was about like refinding the balance on that. But at the moment, I do have a copywriter that helps me with my captions. And I've got a graphic designer that helps me like pull the um, graphics together because it's just not my skill set anymore. Yeah, and, that's like, cool to know. I yeah. do too. Um, shout out to Gup who does my all my design stuff for my website and things. And, yeah. Uh, I, I do sometimes uh, make my own graphics, but quite a lot of them now I'm, I'm fiddling with templates that he's made for me. Um, and like you say, it's just not, it's just not my strength and like I was talking to Gup about it the other day and he was like I almost don't know what I do because I just look at a Canva and I kind of fiddle around with it and I make it look better and I kind of can't really I don't I don't really I've been doing because like the rest of us he's been doing it for years and so so I don't know if you have budget in your business that stuff can be just so helpful yeah definitely because now I've got I, you know, I brief out what it is that I want to say and I'm like, oh, I saw this the other day and I want to do a post about it. And we've got like a Google Doc sheet that we all like go into and it's like a team effort now, definitely. But before that, um, I would just have to spend like one afternoon a week maybe or even like you say, once a month that we just spend a whole day doing it, get out of the office um batch creating is the answer again not new information it's like work I just see Instagram like it's my office and I think I'm gonna show up five days a week as if it were my office that's the way I see it because I would turn up to the office in order to get paid I turn up on Instagram in order to get paid. I just see it as like the same thing. You know, if I want to take two weeks off, would I expect to get paid at the end of it? No, obviously not. My boss would be like, where are you? Of course, you can take two weeks off, but I wouldn't expect the same um, outcome because of it. Just want to talk about kind of like courses stuff for a minute. You recently did a launch to sell a course. I recently did a launch to sell a course. Should we share some learnings? Uh, What do you think? I think every single one is different. And I think certainly for people selling digital, product like that being post pandemic certainly makes it feel different I don't know if you'd agree but yep. what you recently so what was the name of the course that you were recently selling how to start a fashion brand online so you have recently you, you went in hard selling that course what do you think you learned from the different tactics you deployed this time <laughs> how long have you got <laughs> two weeks is too long 10 days seven to ten days max I think you can pre-sell it before the doors open and say, you know, this is coming, join my wait list. I'm always, I've always got a wait list for anything that's closed, you know, sort of like gathering those leads for people or for when it opens, but actual where people can purchase from beginning to end, it's seven to 10 days because day one is great. Day 10 is great. Everything in the middle is tumbleweed. And what happens is When it is tumbleweed, all those negative voices are like, no one wants it. They all want you to be quiet. You're an idiot. 
what makes you think people would buy this? You, you've, you've been showing up too much. Your story views are dropping. Why, you know, all of this stuff, it gets really, really like quite nasty in my head. It is, I must admit, I did three weeks this time. I mean, what a mistake at a maker. I've only done two in the past and I just thought I would find out what it'd be like to do a longer. Yeah. I thought maybe my audience were the kind of people who perhaps wanted to get something in the diary, but as it mm. turns out, everybody booked last minute. Yeah. You know, it's not the case. Um, making sure that you're thinking about like paydays um because I shut it just before payday that was a bad move uh so then I reopened it for one day only after people had got paid it wasn't a hard sell on that day I just sent out one email did one post on stories and just said it's reopened if you got paid and you wanted to join that worked really well got five extra signups on that one day and also I would close it at night time I see people closing it at sort of like 5 p.m no, everyone's busy at five o'clock with kids, with their work, they're cooking dinner, they're traveling, commuting or whatever. So make sure you close it at night time. Um, I'd also yeah, close I'd it. I close mine at night time as well, 11 o'clock at night. And yeah, I mean, after seven, after 7 p.m., seven till 11, that was the kind of busy, the real busy, busy Definitely. time for bookings. Yeah. For sure. Like you say, people have sat down, they're like, right, I'm, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And also, I don't know how people react, but I always imagine they've had a, bu- a glass of wine by this point and they go, oh, God, let's go for it. <laughs> um, so yeah, they might. Might, might not I don't know but I just imagine myself I'm sometimes a bit like oh go on then uh, and then I go on so yeah it definitely works better closing it at night um, my content learnings I don't know what your content learnings were I've always been a bit I see right testimonials I see a lot of really like really dull whatever boring testimonial bits of content that people pop on their Instagram like wow it's Helen's just a really lovely person I couldn't recommend her more. And it's just like, thanks, that's just so boring. But actually, um, I shared a few bits of testimonial content, really uh, quite a long email about a girl called Amy that I'd worked with. And then some stuff on stories, particularly on the last day of people talking about actual results they'd had from working with me. And quite a number of people messaged me to say that those were the things that convinced people to buy. And I was like, okay, I've never really done that before. I've never really made an effort with my testimonial content before. And that really really paid off. And also, I've got into the mindset that my selling content can't interrupt people. It has to be entertaining in itself. Like interruption advertising doesn't work. If you're trying to stop people's flow and tell them about this thing that you've got for sale, they're going to be like, oh, whatever. We're really good at switching off those messages. So I tried to make my Instagram posts valuable in and of themselves, even for somebody who wasn't going to buy the course. And because of that, they got so much better traction on Instagram and they got seen much more. So it's really worth trying to design a post that does loads more than just sells your thing. That was that was my other learning. How about you content-wise? What do you find? I see so many Instagrams that don't look nice. And at the end of the day, it is a visual platform. And I repeat this like over and over and over again, is it has to be pleasing to the eye. And by that, I mean, um, people's text is too small. I've actually started messaging people about it. Same. <laughs> not, not, in, not in a trolley way, no, I hope. No, um, no, but it's possible. like, no, but seriously, if I can't read it, what's the point? It's like really long captions. No one's reading them. Um, unless it's like a really heartfelt story, they're not reading but, them. Uh, 
a caption that's got all the details <laughs> of all, you know, uh, you know, of all the stuff or everything you did yesterday. No, I'm no, gone. Like no. Sh- long carousels, short captions. So that's been like a big um, thing for me. Like I even posted something last night and I was like, I could go onto Canva and put all of this information onto a carousel, but I can't be bothered. So I'm going to post it. And it, it was like, it did fine, but it would have done loads better if I taken the time to put it in a carousel because the other thing with the carousel is that people see the first graphic but then it will get shown again on the second graphic if, if you've not engaged with it the first time and people save them which the algorithm likes you know people save them they go back to them later but if the algorithm likes it on instagram it means more people will see it so we have to work with that yeah and even putting things on the graphic saying like this share this save this send it to a friend like Imagine it's a traffic signaler that's going, you know, turn left here, go over there. People are almost like a little bit afraid to tell people what to do, but actually people really like that, being told what to do with this information. We're quite simple creatures and we do yeah. respond to those. We do respond to those prompt, those visual prompts. Yeah, so and try it. Try a post that says, save this versus one that says, like, you know, nothing. The one where you're telling people to save it, I guarantee, I've done it myself. It gets like triple the amount of saves. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you so much for your time. I mean, this is my jam. I could prattle on about it for a long time, but you know what? Let's let's do some other things today. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a productive week. So I hope it is helpful to hear that even people who seem to have entirely got their shit together sometimes need to visit the Instagram salon for a cut and blow dry a refresh, a roots tint and chatting about consistency again recently, not just with Elizabeth, has got me thinking about what I'm promoting or advocating to you because being consistent does not mean that you have to show up every single bloody day or you're doing it wrong. It doesn't mean one thing at all, but we do need to keep ourselves on our people's radar it's important go and have a listen to some of the other guests in the series to see how they're doing it it's such a a mixed bunch different businesses different characters different values attitudes and approaches and it just proves that there are so many different ways that you can make a go of putting yourself out there thank you so much for listening i'll be back soon bye